This week on the Drag Scene Podcast, Alexis DeJoria joins us and we talk about her return to NHRA racing, kind of what got her into the sport, and a lot of her thoughts on racing in general. So, hold those belts tight, get ready to put in the beams. The Drag Scene Podcast starts now. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Dragzine Podcast. I'm your host, Senior Associate Editor Brian Wagner. This week on the show, Alexis DeJoya joins us and it's a lot of fun conversation. She is on the chip and let it just ready to let it rip. Her passion is off the charts and it really comes through in this interview and she tells some pretty cool stories. So uh, without further ado, let's get this drag racing party started. All right, my guest this week on the Dragzine Podcast is Alexis DeJoya. What's going on, Alexis? How's it going? Just making myself a sandwich. Awesome. <laughs> you know, it's 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 the little exciting things in life, right? Exactly. Yes, we do normal things like everybody else. And you, you know that, that that's that's the beauty of it. That's kind of like how I, you know, like I talked, we talked about the pre-call. Just you know, I run this podcast fast and loose, and that's what makes it fun is just being able to show that you know racers have other things that they're about and they do normal things even though we do non-normal <laughs> things for fun and you know are extremely busy right right exactly you know, gotta eat to keep things rolling for sure but uh it's uh it's you know when i saw that you were making the comeback that was definitely awesome for sure and you're you're a fan favorite and you you know we could kind of touch on all that stuff a little bit later but one of the things that you know i was doing some research and I wanted to kind of fill in some gaps here that myself and maybe some of the readers have is or listeners is, you know, you start, you just didn't magically appear in a nitro funny car. It looked like you, no. you, you started out in super gas and super comp, right? I did. I worked my way up the ranks uh, from the sportsman categories, you know, the bracket cars, uh, just cause I had no history in racing whatsoever. As far as like professional racing goes. So I needed to learn the sport you know, from the ground up. And even before that, you know, what drew you to drag racing? Uh, probably like hot rods and that kind of stuff growing up, uh, you know, being in uh, Southern California, you know, all the, all the people I grew up with were hot rodders building, you know, their, their street cars, cruisers, or, you know, souped up Chevys. Um, I have had and still have a 67 Chevelle SS um, that has gone through a couple motors and, and fix-ups. And it's it's like amazing now. It's Barrett-Jackson quality. And I will never sell that car. But um, my dad also was a, a big car enthusiast growing up. So that's also a, you know, a way that I got introduced to, to the uh, world of uh, sport cars. Yeah, it's, that's a, a common theme I really honestly find a lot of times. And I was wondering where if that was going to be, you know, kind of true with you is that racing is such a family-oriented sport in the way that that's kind of how a lot of people get into it through, through cars or some way or another. And I think that's really one of the bonds that ties us all together as racers and fans, for sure, is, is that, that feeling of family. It really is. I mean, you look at, you know, the world of NHRA, especially in the – like the you know, alcohol and uh, and nitro ranks where I really saw it too, uh, is, you know, father, sons, daughters, uh, you know, everybody's in, you know. <laughs> Very similar to the way my, my father and his businesses go. I, I'd have to say all my family has, uh, you know, um, their hands in something, uh, you know, business-wise that my father does. Um so, yeah, it, it's nice to be able to have that. I don't have, you know, anybody else racing with me. I kind of just came out of left field and said, uh, I'm going to leave the business world and, and go find my passion, which I think is race car driving. And, and sure enough, it was. So uh, that was a relief. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to come back with my head down going, oh, well, didn't work, Dad. <laughs> Can I have my job back? Yeah, that whole race car thing didn't work I out. I tried. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, too, when you want to put it to that level, it really drives you that much more. And, you know, what was it? I, I think I saw one of the interviews that one of the first times you were exposed to the nitro cars when you went to Pomona. What was that like the first time you saw and heard a nitro car? Well, I had seen them on TV. Um, I had been a little bit of a street racer growing up in high school with my friends. 
we had gone to the Pomona swap meet before to get parts for cars. But uh, this one time I went with a buddy of mine, Kevin Michaels, and he had a 57 Chevy Bel Air that was all souped up. And I had my 67 Chevelle and, um, you know, and various other friends had all their, we were like Chevy people growing up. And um, so we went to the winter nationals in Pomona to go see the, see the race for the first time in person. And I just was like, amazed i'm looking around everyone's like covering their ears i'm like what the hell is why is everyone covering their ears <laughs> and the first nitro car goes down the track i'm like oh my god and to just look and and just think that somebody's in the cockpit of that of that race car like handling that beast trying to get it down the racetrack it's it's amazing and i just knew right away that that's what i wanted to do yeah that's the thing about nitro you know i've been to all kinds of different motorsports and that there is one thing that NHRA big show cars have is just literally the shock and all sensory factor of a nitro car. You just, you can yeah. see it on TV, but until you're even just sitting in the bleachers, like you don't understand. No, no, not at all. Not at all. You have to be there. And yeah, it, it, you, that's how you create fans for life for sure. It's funny when they have the celebrities on the starting lines that have never been around and see their reactions. And they football they, players, yeah, like all these like others, you know, sports figures, and and they get out there. It's like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, literally, that's what they're like. What you just? Yeah, you'll see the look on their face, and usually you'll see the mouth wow or an explicit, or they'll but, jump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Oh, you know, I've. Like I said, I grew up around nitro racing, but my first time shooting them trackside, Cruz Petragon almost caused me to bite the tip of my tongue off the first time I was ah. shooting pictures trackside because I, oh th God. I thought I was ready. No. You, you, <laughs> being, That's the best. Being that close when that car went by, I was like, all right, yeah, this this is a... This is awesome and a lot more intense. So it that, that changed everything for me, at least photography-wise for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Cruz Pedregon's a cool guy. Now, you know, you, you went up through the alcohol ranks, which mm -hmm. for me, I, people always, ask, and I like to ask my guests this question. We could do this later for sure. But you know, what kind of other car would you want to drive? And I've always said, if I was going to drive a non-door car, it would be an alcohol funny car, just because no matter where you're at on the property, you know, when alcohol cars are racing, just for the simple sound and how they drive and, and how gnarly they are. Yeah, bringing up the motor to seven grand and swapping feet quickly and shifting twice going down the track and trying to keep it down the groove, uh, that was fun. That's the part I miss a lot is, is revving the motor up, um, doing those super long burnouts. I think, actually, I do the longest burnouts right now in Funny Car. <laughs> um, but I, I really, I love that class. That's, that's what made me a, a better uh, nitro driver and transitioning from that to, to nitro was a lot easier than say, or not, not easier, but smoother than say, if I went from, you know, a, a alcohol dragster to a nitro funny car. So that's really where I got, I got my, uh, my driving style from and, and, you know, just trying to handle that, all that together. But what a great class, honestly. Um, the, any other car I, I would actually like to race off road. <laughs> I, in the dirt yes i that's another one of those things if i had lottery money i would have a yeah, exactly. i would have i would have a totter with with a you know a pro you know even just a short course truck just load it up and be like right. all right i'm gonna go do some off-road racing because i yeah, i raced nitro rc cars and that that's my extent oh, awesome. off-road racing that i could afford but yeah just i love watching that that kind of racing just because of the uh the science and engineering and the excitement that goes into those trucks is uh mm -hmm. it's awesome but the thing that kind of caught me off guard about them at pri was i never realized how big those desert trucks were till i saw them in person i'm like oh they're the trophy trucks are massive uh yeah and they're very expensive to run and to really you know if you want to do it super competitively like the uh like the Red Bull drivers and whatnot, you got to have like the helicopter and the spotters and this and that. Like it's, it's a whole, you know, whole ordeal, like, like very much like nitro. So, um, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet it's still something I really want to do at some point. I'd just like to do a ride along. I'd be perfectly happy <laughs> just sitting in like, right? I've seen those four seater trucks. I would just sit in the back and giggle the entire time and scream yeah. faster. Cause I'm, I'm, an, I'm an idiot like that would, Me have, too. <laughs> you know, and then when you end up upside down, you're like, well, that's part of the ride, I guess. Let's jump yeah, out and exactly. flip this thing over. Well, you know what you were getting yourself into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, again, it's part of that, that I think that kind of a lot of drag racers always are into anything that's, you know, loud, fast and dangerous. And yeah, like I said, with the alcohol cars, that's like, again, just one of my, Outside of stock and super stock, that's one of my favorite classes just because of how gnarly those cars are and just how tight the teams are because they're essentially like baby pro teams and they, they yes. work so hard. And it, it's just it's cool to see that level of passion with those racers is just off the charts. It really is. I love watching uh, the alcohol cars run and, uh, you know, I still have a lot of friends that race back there. But um, I... Uh, I, I wish they would get a little bit more TV time um, during the, the pro sessions. I think it might be kind of cool to, you know, have that in between, but oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, <laughs> you know, that that's one of it, it's an underutilized factor, I think, is the sportsman racing in NHRA as far as how they promote it. You know, it, it's, yeah. I, I get, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very sharp double-edged sword, but it definitely gives, you know, the average fans something that they can identify with in some aspects. And then you can promote it as a way that it's, it's a way to be able to race at the highest, you know, at national events. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a really good, like, it's a gateway, you know, for, for the nitro ranks. I think they need to like support that more. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love it. Now, you owned your own team when you raced alcohol, correct? Uh, not in the beginning. At first, I raced for Jack O'Bannon. Um, his son, Sean, had an alcohol dragster, blown alcohol dragster. They were, like, super badass team, always winning. Um, and so I was friends with their friends, and it just turned out that, like, I think, you know, the son, Sean, wanted to go alcohol funny car racing. So we put together a two-car team. I didn't do so well, unfortunately, because um, just the transition was so hard going from uh, Super Comp to Alcohol Funny Car. So I struggled for, you know, for a few years. But um, after that, I think I, I, you know, I started to adapt. And then I had the opportunity to work with uh, Bob Newberry, there, who is a legend. A yeah, he's a legend in the class, obviously. Uh, he was selling his oper. He was retiring and selling his operation, but wanted to stay on as like a mentor crew chief. And I was just like, "Oh my god, that's like the perfect opportunity." So I I could not pass that up. Called up Bob. We talked, and uh, he wanted to work with me. And I think once I did that, it just really cleared everything up. He kind of settled me down, you know, and it really helped me. Um fine-tune my driving skills and uh he said something to me in the beginning he's like you know what he goes there's nothing wrong with you you're a great driver he goes you just need to learn the parts better and you know get in a car that's set up just for you and it was it was at that moment where I started to win go rounds I started to win races and I kicked ass <laughs> I also had a crash but I came out of it okay but uh working with Bob Newberry was was key honestly and i i can think back and and uh you know see see that that change that i made and um working with with bob and kind of attribute that to what i'm doing right now um is you know having adele worsham as my uh, my mentor my crew chief my my team owner with me um it's kind of like the same idea um, but I mean, we did great with Kalitas. I would never, oh my gosh, that was like the, the most amazing opportunity. And quite frankly, like, you know, I wish I never left, but that was, uh, you know, that was a time where I had to make some decisions, but, uh, coming back and being able to work with, with Del Worsham and Nikki Bonifane and, and have our own team is like, that's on another level. Yeah. It's, you know, it's cool when you 
have that ability to bring on board and be exposed to the people that, that are old school and have that that wisdom because you know a nice pocketbook can buy you the best equipment but it really yeah. can't buy you that <laughs> that level of expertise and like it that I don't know. It's, I call it just like that old school wisdom and knowledge. When you see those top level tuners and crew chiefs and old school guys, it's like they have this eighth sense that they can just look at a track and know what needs to be done. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. I mean, money can buy you great parts. It can buy you extra parts. It can get you the best crew chiefs and whatnot, but you still got to drive that car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you still got to be good at what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, you know, kind of how did the whole Coletta deal kind of come about to, to jump in the seat for, for Conrad? Uh, well, inter- interestingly enough, when I crashed in English town, um, they came over, it was, uh, Jim Oberhofer and Nikki Bonifane, you know, after, after Scott's crash, his fatal crash in English town, I was the next one to really have, you know, a bad one after that because, I, I made it out, you know, they were, they were just very concerned, uh, about me and making sure I was okay. And, and, you know, the whole connection with English town, just being one of those tracks. And, um, we, we were already, uh, getting clutch parts, clutch discs from Bonifone friction. Um, so we had that, uh, connection to Nikki, um, but that's how we started our conversations and, and they knew that I wanted to step up into nitro, but I told them I didn't want to do that until I won a national event and I'll call funny car. And that, cause that's what I did, you know, in the sportsman ranks, I moved up every time I won an event because I felt like, okay, now, you know, nitro being my ultimate goal, I want to get there, you know, as within reason, but I want to be able to say that I accomplished what I set out to do in each class and that's win races. So as soon as that happened, um, I made the switch over. I had been testing with them, um, but it just felt like home working with the Kalitas. I had talked to some other teams, but it was just different over at Kalita Motorsports. Connie, uh, the passion he has for the sport. I mean, even after losing his son to it, um, you know, he loves to be out there. He doesn't have to. He wants to be there. And he just he just loves it. He loves it so much. And all those guys just working with Jimmo and Nikki and Tommy and Glenn and all those guys was just incredible. And Dell, um, you know, and then having Dell as my teammate at one point, he won a championship in the DHL car. It was so incredible. So I had the opportunity to work with some really incredible people. And and race for a legend in the sport. So that was an amazing opportunity. And I feel really blessed to have, to have had that. One of my favorite questions to ask funny car drivers is what was it like the first time you were in a nitro <laughs> car and that thing's, you know, you're belted in and that thing fires up and it's a whole different animal than an alcohol car and that body's getting ready to get lowered. What, what was that like? Well, I mean, bodies get lower to alcohol cars, so it wasn't that much of a difference in, in vision. <laughs> I had already had that feeling of having the body dropped on me, and I'm not claustrophobic, so I was fine with that. But the motor, the sound, just being in that car and just knowing what you're about to do, I was so excited. My first run was in Dell's, uh, his family's car, him and, and his dad, Chuck. And it was in, um, where was I? Dallas. I think I went to the finals that race. Um, I think that was the same race. Anyway, um, I, so Dell and I were talking about it and, you know, he, he had it tuned up, but it wasn't like on kill mode. Uh, but it, it was obviously a lot faster than what I was used to. And we had talked about, you know, like, okay, you know, if it feels good enough, he goes, take it out at least you know, to where the clutch comes in, which is about, you know, 400, 500 feet. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, He goes, obviously, if anything feels off, you know what to do. You just, you know, foot off the throttle. That's it. Period. (laughs) It's like, no problem. So I'm sitting in the water box and the track manager comes over and he says, how far are you taking it? And (laughs) I hear Dell go a thousand feet. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
So I'm thinking, right on, we're taking it a thousand feet. <laughs> so I get out there and it feels great and everything's perfect. Clutch comes in. I take it out, to, you know, to the finish line, pull the chutes and I'm losing my mind. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh my God, this is everything I thought it was going to be and more. You can hear me screaming out of the car. I'm so excited turning around the, the top end. Well, meanwhile, on the starting line, Dell's about to lose his mind. He's like, oh, my God, the throttle's stuck. This is what he's thinking. Holy shit. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. Oh, you're my good. gosh. Oh, my gosh, the throttle's stuck, and I'm this girl, she's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was standing right next to him, and he's like, oh, my God, I just killed this girl in front of her dad. That's basically what he was thinking. And my dad was so excited. He was jumping up and down. He was like, did you see that? Oh, my gosh, her first run. And, like, John Force was, had parked his car in between the, the grandstands so you couldn't see him because he was testing that, that day, too, and Ashley was testing. And so he was watching me. And uh, so everybody else was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And poor Dell's like, ready to have a heart attack. So I turned off. Everything was good. I was like, that was great. He's like, wow, okay. He goes, uh, he goes, I mean, I saw the parachutes come out, so I knew you were okay. But, like, so what was the deal? And I told him. He goes, well, he goes, yeah, I could see how you would think that. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm sorry for the um, miscommunication or misunderstanding. I won't do that again. And he goes, no, you're good. <laughs> Go ahead. Get at it. So first, yeah, first pull was a, was a full pull. <laughs> that's really awesome. That, that's yeah. awesome on so many levels that one, you made the first pull full pull and two, you scared the, the scared poor Dell to death. <laughs> it wasn't the first time. Yeah. Either. Yeah. I'm sure there's other times where if we interviewed him. He go, well, let me get out my list. You well, know. he'll tell me certain things just out of uh, being protective but when it comes down to it, you know, as a driver, it's the, you know, the ball's in your court, obviously. Um, so there was another, another in incident where uh, we were racing in Bristol at uh, the Thunder, Thunder Valley or Thunder Mountain. What is it? Thunder, Thunder Valley. <laughs> Thunder Valley. Thank you. It's been a while. Uh, it was our first finals and I was racing Jack Beckman in the semis and I'm like one pair back and they noticed a little crack in one of my, um, oh gosh, uh, what are those things? The um, support for the spill plates in the back. Uh, one of those rods, one of those poles, basically. One of the struts. Uh, yeah, one of the struts holding up the, one of the side. It was the right side uh, spill plate. And so Dell was like, flipping out he's like we don't have time to change it and everything and it's like a hairline fracture but you know obviously he's concerned and so he's flipping out and so i'm sitting there going like okay what's the commotion uh connie comes over and he looks at it and he goes it's fine he goes it's fine it'll it'll stay it'll hold up so i'm just like what the hell is going on back there you know like talk to me people and so Dell comes around and he tells me about it and he's like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it all the way. I wouldn't take it all the way. You know, uh, there's, you know, Connie says it's fine, but I, I'm just, you know, any, if anything happens with Jack, just shut it off. You know, I don't take it all the way. And I, and then I hear over the radio, Connie, someone else tell, telling me that Connie's saying, no, that's BS, you know, it's fine. So basically it was in my hands. It's the semifinals. Um, I go out. The car's running so good, so smooth. Jack's, you know, obviously he's not broke. So I, I take it out the back door. Fine, turn off, you know. And I think Dell was practically in tears. He was so horrified. But at the same time, he's like, if I was driving, I would have done the same thing. But I'm not going to tell you to do that. That's your choice. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's the job. It, it's the crew person's job sometimes to protect the driver from themselves because they just yes. want to go fast. They're like a little excited puppy that's at the dog park. And the second right. you let go of that leash, they're off and running. Exactly. Because if something like that fails, it can be catastrophic. 
it, it's yeah, it's not good. So uh, yeah, but luckily everything was fine, <laughs> and I went to the finals and I got beat just barely by Ron Caps, uh, but we still partied like we won because it was our first final, and uh, we had such a good time. I mean, Ron, uh, Ron Caps and them were they were in our pit, we were in their pit. It was super fun. <laughs> And, you know, that's one of the things that I think is the hallmark for, you know, looking back at some of some of your, your big races and wins is just the, the the you can truly tell that you guys are pumped and how happy you are to win as a racer. It's more than just yeah. business for you. It's like you're just you're you're like a fan that won the lottery and you got to drive the car and you won. It's like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do in that. You can't fake that. You absolutely cannot fake that. No, I think everybody knows how hard it is to, to get there. And it's so humbling because you can go from like winning the race one weekend to like, you know, qualifying horribly and not making it past first round. So everybody knows what it entails. So when you finally do all that hard work and perfection pays off, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so incredible that win. Well, yeah. um, and that's what we fight for every weekend. Well, look at someone like Force. You know, you you watch, you study up on him and how long he struggled, and just when he finally won, it was you know, it, he he embodied that just as well. You know, it, it's that's oh, yeah, it, it's amazing to watch, kind of see that. You ask any of the old school drivers like uh, Bernstein and um, and uh, Don Perdome, and they're like, he sucked when he first came out here. He was horrible. Like, nobody respected him. They thought, you know, who the hell is this guy? And then, you know, he started winning, and he started kicking everybody's butts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's the most winningest driver ever in funny cars. So, yeah, you just never know. Ten, ten straight titles. You're never, like, yeah. you're never. Oh, nobody's ever going to fuck. Uh, sorry. Nobody's ever going to touch that. <laughs> no, never. Never. That's no. that's one of those records that, you know, maybe someone might get the most wins, but 10 in a row that you're never going to see five in a row. I don't even think you'll ever. That's amazing. Maybe three. Torrance might be able yeah. to do three in a row. But, you know, and I think, too, that with force, he kind of spurred on this new era of competitiveness because he was just they had it going on. They were crushing everybody and everybody had to catch up to them exactly now one of the cool things again in, in preparation for this was I, I wanted to go back through and watch you know when you won indy at the 60th and just to relive that and watch you know the interview you had with alan in the press room and then you know the crew's reaction and everybody's reaction i mean that's like you don't get much more like storybook golden than that, really. What was that like? You know, can, can you remember walk us through what that was like now, you know, being removed from it for a few years? I can tell you, uh, cause it was the, it was the, um, the shootout also the tracks, a shootout. And we all, we were on our way to win that too. We had a mechanical issue that, that got us out. But quite honestly, if that didn't happen, I feel like we would have doubled up. I, it, we were that much on a terror that weekend. And I just, I think my focus was just kind of like, I wasn't super amped. I was just kind of like, whatever happens today happens. And I didn't get too, you know, overly excited about anything. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, today's a job. And I'm just going to stay focused on, on my job. And, uh, you know, I'll be able to celebrate when it's over. <laughs> And uh, we did really good. And um, I, I think I was kind of warring it out with, with Forrest uh, at that time. He had said something on TV, you know, like he sometimes does. And uh, it really pissed me off. It was kind of disrespectful. And uh, we were all kind of pissed at him. Dad, everybody was like, what the hell? So he likes to come over. And I don't know if it's a head game thing or what, but he's been around for a long time he'll come over and like to talk to you and like, Hey, you know, kid or whatever. And I told the guys, you know, come, come the finals. I had just beaten Courtney and I'm sure he was waiting to see, you know, he was hoping it was going to be Courtney cause he could race his, his daughter in the finals. Well, that didn't happen. So he was all bummed about that. But in the, right before the finals, I mean, man, I was so confident and so clear and so 
just chill. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I, like if I try to get back to that mode, you know, and I know when I will, when I do, I'll be, I'll be trouble. <laughs> but that day was a, a special day. Uh, he tried to come over to the, the car and talk to me. And I told the guys, I said, don't let him near me. Don't let him come over. I don't want to talk to him. I have no, you know, I have nothing to say to this guy. And so he was all bent about that. <laughs> the guys, the, uh, my car chief was like, yeah, she doesn't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> so, uh, so that was pretty funny, but he, apparently he had been watching my re reaction times all weekend and, and just, or, you know, just trying to get prepared for, for, uh, you know, if he was going to race me or not. And, and, uh, come finals, man, I cut probably the best reaction time ever at that time. And uh, I think it was like 036 on the light. And um, I mean, I beat him from, from start to finish. And the, the amount of people on our side of the track on the starting line, I look back at the videos now, I'm like, oh my God, there were all our teams, which was a ton of people. There were other teams, competitors on our side, friends, family, fans, like just, it was packed. My dad, my husband, my family, everybody was there. My kids, it was like, it was huge. Yeah, it looked like and a grudge race. They did not expect to lose at all. I know they didn't. Like, they were just like, what? Like, I, I don't think anybody really thought I was going to win. I honestly don't. They're like, there's no way she's going to beat, you know, the best of the best, especially on his on his turf, you know, the Winter Nationals. There's no way. But, uh, yeah, I, I had something else for them, so. <laughs> I got I got to say that that's pretty gangster that you iced John Force. Not a lot of people can say that, but the, you know, to to pull something like that, that that definitely takes that that level of confidence like I'm, you know, it, it's like you got that big Superman S on your chest and you don't you're telling people <laughs> you're not going to put your thumb in my chest. I'm going to tell you what's up. That's that's pretty gangster. <laughs> if I never win another race again in my life. <laughs> that was like the defining moment for me. I can I can go to my grave going I beat John Force in the finals at, Indy. at the 60th anniversary at the yeah at, at the U.S. Nationals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hard to beat for sure. Hello. Hey, Alexis. To be on the same page. Sometimes you might get lucky, but um, the less mistakes you make, the more likely you are to win. We had a slight audio cut out there, but I think we'll just roll with it because we're 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 having a good time here. So we're not we're not going to cut oh. into kill the mood. It's okay. It, te technical difficulties sometimes happen across the board, and I've learned that uh, sometimes you just got to keep rolling with it. But you know that that again that moment just seeing what happened with you guys that was that was truly amazing to just watch it all unfold for sure it, it was it was an incredible day it was really even when i watch the videos now i i still get taken back to that moment of like oh my gosh just that feeling was just amazing it was just amazing and, and your crew chief at the time tommy d that's definitely i think the the the, the person to have in your corner at that point too because tommy he's he's a character yeah, Tommy and Glenn, uh, working with them was just, it was so fun. They're badasses. You know, they won championships with, uh, or with championship with uh, Matt Hagen when he raced with John Force, uh, when Tommy worked for John Force. And um, so, you know, having that mentality too of like they know how to win, you know, they have that aggression, they have that like go getter mentality. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Awesome racing with them. And we won, we won a lot of races. The, the cool thing about Tommy is just how like, he's like that old school as they come. You know, I've done stories with him about his Nova and the NMCA and funny story with yeah. him was he, uh, you know, we run up, he's local to Milan and, and you know, I'm here in Ohio, we go up to Milan and race and there's a guy up there who's got this really badass blown Pontiac uh, Tempest. And the dude, like, Tommy was in his pits tuning on the car, and I was like, man, how'd you get, you know, Tommy isn't crew, you know, chief in for any nitro cars. 
He goes, yeah, man, just one day he came up and just kind of expressed some interest. And, you know, I'm not going to say no to Tommy D, you know, and there's Tommy just, you know, tuning on this guy's car. He was having the time of his life messing with that car. Uh, No pressure, just having fun. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, I love Tommy. I miss the guy. He was he was really great to work with. Such a badass. We're we're friends. You know, he's he's a great guy. I hope he gets back out there sometime soon. So shifting gears to the current and now, you know, you you've made the comeback, and the thing that I keep hearing is just that you know the outpouring of support from the fans. That's the thing that I keep hearing about. What's that been like for you to have that level of excitement surrounding your camp you know coming back uh it's um it's it, it's shocking but uh my god like you know i i definitely made an impression i could say that um i uh i love i love my fans they're they're diehard they're badass they they love me at my good points and my bad points. <laughs> They'll take my my f bombs, uh, whatever. You know, they're uh, they're dedicated, and uh, you know, just having that that level of support coming back, not just from my fans, but from my competitors and uh, you know, family. Um, it just meant the world to me. It really did because two years off feels like, you know, an eternity, not being in that car, not being at the races. Um, I would get messages on Instagram and Twitter like, are you coming back? We need you. We miss you. And Courtney left and, uh, you know, and then Tony Schumacher left. So it was a lot. I think a lot of prominent, you know, faces out there weren't around anymore. Um, So, yeah. Uh, they, they were very grateful <laughs> to have one of us back at least. <laughs> well, you know, here's my take on it is one drag racing when it comes to gender is the most neutral, you know, in yes. my opinion, with the competitiveness level. And I think that that speaks volumes about you and what you bring to the table is that people wanted to see that level of competitiveness and pureness come back. To yeah, me, that's awesome. You know, I, I don't have uh uh, how should I say this? Um, I don't have like a programmed thank you speech or this and that. I, I just really kind of speak from the heart. And um, I think it's, you know, refreshing to a lot of people just to kind of like hear somebody like speak their mind, um, you know, and, and someone that's not, uh, I guess, a normal, you know, face uh, publicly. But I think, you know, um, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, <laughs> I'm not a, how should I say this? I'm, I'm not like a prom queen. I don't, I'm not out there. You're not corporate. You know You're I mean? not corporate. I'm not, I'm not super corporate. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit more edgier, I guess. Well, um, I think that the, the biggest way to drive that point home is, you know, the Friday night nitro session, you get, you get to choose your entrance music, like a, a WWF wrestler <laughs> yeah. and, you know, everybody else has, you know, kind of popular songs. And then you come out to some punk rock. I'm like, all right, that pretty much that, that tells that, that tells the story right there. You know, that explains it all. Yeah. I don't like to choose stuff that everybody knows. I kind of want to like, um, uh, you know, introduce them to something a little different, something a little bit more fun and wild. You know, kind of going off of that route, you know, what's, you know, what's been some of the, you know, you've been gone for two years, now you're back. What was some of the, the kind of, the, I guess, the changes that might have happened that kind of surprised you and just the NHRA and Nitro racing kind of in general that's in the progression over the past couple of years? Well, they said that they were slowing them down after, uh, after, uh gosh two cars went about almost 340 yeah yeah 339 it was wrong caps and um height robert height so they were trying to slow them down i think they put some kind of rev limiters on them and when uh, when that happened it made the cars a little bit more crazier to drive at the top end because they start spinning the tires and um so I don't know if it's necessarily safer. The cars are just going to keep getting faster anyway. Um, and that's part of the, um, 
the enticing that's the enticement of the sport of that class is the fact that they do go these crazy you know speeds and whatnot they already cut us back to a thousand feet so i'm like you know just (laughs) leave us be but i know they have to worry about insurance and and um um uh, goodyear tires as well um but other than that i i mean I, i not much has changed honestly you know, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned the, you know, the trying to slow the cars down and, you know, cutting down the distance. And I think that just further proves that Nitro racers and crew chiefs will always find a way to go faster. Always. Like they, they find a way around the rules and they will look at it and find a way to make that car do what they want it to do. And that's, again, it, it's part of that drag racing spirit. Yes, exactly. So that's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. And that. You know, it was kind of interesting, too, when you came on. You know, you've got some pretty cool cool sponsors that are, you know, non-traditional sponsors. How did how did that whole deal kind of come about? Uh, so, Rocket, or Rocket Phones, um, they are a brand that was big in the U.K. and different parts of the world. They wanted to come out uh, to the States. Um, they're the only uh, cell phones with 3D uh, viewing experience with like the 3d capabilities and, um, without glasses. So it's pretty incredible. Um, so they, they've started sponsoring the, um, the F1 team, the Williams team. Uh, and so after that, I think it was a little bit easier to kind of get on board and say, Hey, you want to, you want to sponsor, uh, an NHRA team, this would be a great way to get, you know, your brand better known. And, um, they are going to be selling them in, uh, in Walmart and on Amazon. So, uh, we're helping kind of introduce that, you know, that to the fans as well. They're going to have booths set up where people can check the phones out and, and look at the 3d content. And they've actually filmed us in 3d going down the racetrack. Uh, which will be available on the phones as well. It's pretty awesome. Nice. And then you've got a beer sponsor on the coach too, right? Yes. So ABK Beer is the oldest beer in the world. It's from 1308 in uh, Bavaria. And uh, it's really good. Our favorite is called Hell. They have like 10 different brands, but Hell is definitely my favorite. It's like a good, you know, basic lager, um, kind of similar to like a, a Hefeweizen a little bit darker, but very, very tasty, very good. And, um, yeah, they've, they've come out to the States. They've just started selling. Um, I think they're at BevMo and a few exclusive bars. Uh, but, again, they're going to have uh, tasting stations at the track, and hopefully uh, they'll have a beer garden at some point. We're trying to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the racers rejoice. And the fans yes, rejoice. exactly. <laughs> I know where I will be after the race. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's awesome to see you bringing in these these non traditional sponsors, and I think that's a huge part of the, the growth that they're going to see the value. And you know, the honestly, drag racing fans. You know, I'm a fan first and foremost. That's how I got involved in all this. You know, family racing and whatnot. That drag racing fans are some of the most. They're hardcore fans and they're participants, and they're extraordinarily brand loyal to a very much so i can tell you right now yeah when i was sponsored by patron they saw certain sales go up in places where i raced they could track stuff like that now and they literally had better sales i'm (laughs) well i'm not gonna lie as soon as i saw you were sponsored by a beer company i'm like all right where can i buy this stuff i want to try it where can i get it everybody's been asking where can i get it so you know i i yeah it's been really it's been really really good uh I'm, I'm excited. Honestly, I'm really excited to have two new different brands on the car. Um, so when Patron, our last year, they, they were kind of phasing out anyway in motorsports. They stopped uh, sponsoring um, the, a- the ALMS teams. And so their, their marketing uh, department was just going in a different direction. Plus, my dad had sold it, so there was, you know, many factors. But, um, yeah, so uh, so it was perfect timing to get some other ones on board. 
<laughs> yeah, it works out for sure. And then, you yeah. know, you, you kind of, w- with this whole setup, you know, you wanted to do your own deal with your own team. You know, what uh, what kind of spurred you on to want to go that route? Uh, it was something I had talked about with Dell for a long time. You know, if one, one day we could start our own team, that would be absolutely incredible. Um, just to... To be able to just do things the way we want to do it, uh, run certain parts that we want to run, um, yeah, just just kind of be more uh, centrally located. Um, that's pretty much it. So it, it seemed like the perfect opportunity, and and everything just really fell into place. Yeah, and you you've surrounded yourself, you know, with with good people once again, and you know your first event, you guys made it to the semis, and you know that's. <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty solid for a new team. That was pretty amazing. I, I I was proud of myself that first run too. I had a killer light and we ran really good. I was like, what? So that that day was like surreal. Honestly, I I thought, well, hell, I'll probably win the whole race at this point. I mean, at the rate we're going, I wouldn't be surprised if we won the whole thing. But no, we uh definitely we're working on our ETs right now. We're not the fastest team out there, uh, but again, we're just kind of you know, starting from scratch somewhat. I'm not a new driver. Dell's not new. Nikki isn't new. Any of the guys on the, on the crew, they're not new, but the operation is new and getting the car up to speed, um, you know, to, uh, you know, fighting, fighting, uh, ETs, um, fighting times, uh, you got to run in, in the three eighties consistently to be up there. So we're working on it. We are working on it. You know, I've, I've really tried to start kind of broadening my horizons with my general just nerdery and understanding of drag racing. And one of the things with the nitro cars that just never ceases to amaze me is how I describe them. They're delicate animals. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they're, they're delicate and how they need to be tuned, but they're animals and how they perform. And it, it's a balancing act to really get that figured out with, uh, you know, with all new stuff. That is a job I would never, ever want to have. No. <laughs> I have so much, so much respect for Dell and Nikki for doing that. I, that is, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> um, of course, I, wanted, I want to learn more about the car. I feel like the more you know, the better driver you are, the better information you can um, you know, bring back to the table and whatnot. Um, but as far as tuning goes, man, that is definitely not a job I ever want. Um, I love being in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. where I belong. Yeah. <laughs> you guys make the big decisions. <laughs> you, you're like me. You know, when the guy I crew for, I'll look over his shoulder as he's tuning on the laptop and look at all the pretty lines and colors and be like, I'm not smart enough to mess with that ever. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to leave that to the professional so I don't, you know, blow anything up. There's just so many variables and like, you know, I know what things mean. I can look at a computer and I, I know what the lines mean, obviously, but putting it all together with the tire pressure, the, the water grains and the air, I just so many things and the dumbest little thing can, can take you out of a race. You know, this, this tiny little part can just like make you dead in the water. It's, it's really a crazy sport, but that, again, that's why the winds are so remarkable. Oh yeah, especially you know you know it, it's it's so exponentially crazier with a nitro car because you know your typical bracket car you miss the tune up and you know it might nose over a little bit you miss the tune up on a nitro car and you're sending rotating assembly parts into low orbit you know <laughs> yes exactly it's, it's just like a bomb waiting to go off basically it's destroying itself all the way down the racetrack people are just amazed at the fact that you have to change out you know, the, the heads at, at, on every, every run, every run you make. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, you see like a, at the, uh, up at the night of fire up here at Norwalk, they, a lot of the teams were selling souvenir used parts and yes. like, I'm going through and looking at some of these parts and my wife is like, why are you giggling and like pointing and looking at this stuff? I was like, I want to know how they blew that up and how they did that. Like, yeah, that's not natural how how they torched a head like that. You know, it's it's fun to no. I say fun, but it's just wild to see that happen because you know what heat it takes to melt the combustion chamber on a cylinder head. I'm like, that was that's impressive. And to see these like pieces just be torn, like 
like a like a piece of paper like just torn in half yeah. like what happened how did that happen my god <laughs> yeah the pressure it's crazy well what's crazy and what's interesting is on like the media side is that we get to you know talk with the manufacturers at some of these trade shows and they'll talk about how that they use some of what they learn building parts for these cars to make other stuff better because it's such an extreme test environment it really is and, and i hate to say it but uh, even my crash you know was was a perfect example of that but it takes you know catastrophic things to happen to to really learn from them and make the parts and the safety equipment better oh yeah for sure i mean that's that's you don't, you know you don't find out you know look what happened with ryan newman you know that was yeah watching that happen everybody that you know is that has belted into a car when that car rolled again over in the air and you saw where it took that hit everybody took a collective cringing breath because of how gnarly that was oh yeah yeah you cringe you know you even i'm not a nascar driver but i'm a i'm a race car driver and when you see that thing hit you're like oh god you just you just know yeah <laughs> You know, to, we'll, we'll shift gears now, the last part of the, the, the show here, and have a little bit of fun now. You know, you, you talked about being in, you know, wanting to do off-road racing. Do you do you follow a lot of other forms of drag racing, or is it just strictly Nitro, NHRA only for you? Um, I, I follow, uh, you know, I'll follow, like, the, the Nitro Harleys. Um, I'll follow Pro Stock, Top Fuel. Uh, alcohol funny car sometimes um but i love like f1 uh, moto gp is another one of my favorites in this last two years that i was off i i rode my bikes a lot lot more got way better <laughs> um that was really my 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 big thrill um with not being able to race a funny car um i got my thrills on two wheels so that was pretty fun and went to a lot of moto gp races uh, but I, I absolutely love that class. Um, uh, Best in the Desert, uh, the Baja races, love that too. You know, that's what I was going to say was, you know, I follow you on social media and, you know, seeing you get out on the bike. You rode, the, it was, you rode up to Sturgis, wasn't it a full ride? Uh, yeah, we rode from Colorado up to Sturgis. Uh, my dad, some of his friends, uh, it was a ride that I had been looking forward to doing again but on my own bike and and i finally did it with him i <laughs> i was like tearing up when we were riding into the black hills because it was a dream come true the last time i rode up to sturgis with my dad was on the back of his bike uh and that was i was like 18 and we rode from peter fonda's ranch in montana with uh the uglies motorcycle club and uh robbie knievel and we had it, it was filmed and it was just the most beautiful ride ever and we took the long ways and saw all the sights and it was just incredible and i promised my dad i said next time i come up here with you i'm gonna be riding on a bike next to you and it happened <laughs> and it was amazing <laughs> i was gonna say that you know i don't I don't do the motorcycle thing. That's purely out of my own self-protection because I would start trying to do, I, I would pretty soon I'd be like, man, I should go, I should go race. You know, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, it, it's washing that kind of stuff to me. You know, I've watched some MotoGP, but them Nitro Harley guys, we talk about the show on all the time. That's a different level of crazy. Totally. Yeah. That's something I, I don't think I could do. No, that, that's, <laughs> but, <laughs> but track track stuff like there's this uh 2015 panigale ducati panigale that i really want <laughs> it's at austin uh at ducati austin and the owner is selling it was his and see my next step is getting on a track and uh dragging me and i cannot wait <laughs> very excited about that but, uh but yeah drag racing on a bike like a nitro bike no Nope, 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 nope. That's just, that's so funny because the most hardcore racers pretty much all, like, the even the other Nitro racers I've interviewed have said the same thing. I'm good. I'll have it in front of me. <laughs> I'll have it behind me, but I'm not laying on top of it. No. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, now I have to get a Nitro Harley uh, racer on the show just to talk with them about that be like, is there anything you're scared of? Like legitimately, what what, <laughs> what scares you? Because everybody's scared I mean, of I you. I don't think 
it's not the speed necessarily or being on a motorcycle going that fast. It's being able to control it. Like, I don't think I'm strong enough to really keep it, like, to lean it over, you know, when it needs to be. I don't know. I don't know. No, you look at, you walk through the pits, and you can definitely tell who a Nitro Harley racer is and who a pro stock bike racer is. Just size alone. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, there's there's a couple, like Doug Horn, he wasn't that big. He raced Nitro uh, Harleys, so, you know, it's... But again, you know, he's a guy and when it, when it's stuff like that, I don't know, you got to do extra work. The ladies, we just, we just do. It's yeah. just, that's just nature. <laughs> well, and just going off of that, you know, if, you know, someone like Angel Sampay who just, you know, dominated in bikes for so long, it just, oh. it, again, it shows how tough just women in drag racing in period are some of the best. You can't, you, you cannot deny be. it. You have to be because you're the minority. And people expect you to fail. They almost want you to fail. So you have to be better. Yeah. It, to, uh, to me, anytime I see a female racing at the track, 10 times more respect because I know that they are making a very big choice that they want to be there and they are determined. And that, yes. to me, again, it speaks volumes. And again, to me, it also makes it – it's it, it's what makes drag racing fun because it's like it's the melting pot of motorsports. You see so many different people from so many walks of life doing it. It is. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, look at Erica Enders, three championships in pro stock. She is like she's my friend, but she's also my idol. Like I look up oh. to her so much. She is an incredible, incredible racer. And I'm not saying female racer. No, she's an incredible racer. And that's what it comes down to in this sport. It's not like, oh, she's good for a girl. No. No. She's good. She's a good driver, period. That's what we want to be known for, not to be like, oh, yeah, we're we're good for a girl when there's only, like, one or two of us in the class, and now there's only one for if Funny Car is me. And they're like, oh, you know, how excited are you to be, you know, the only female? And I'm like, well, that's great and all, but I'm not going to, to be the best female driver, or to be to win, you know, it, as a female in the class, it's like no, I, I'm driving, as I'm out there as a driver. Period. Yeah, when you know when you put the helmet on it, it you know it, it doesn't matter. And that's again, Erica Enders, her nickname should be Stone Cold because she just watching what she does, especially like last year's at the finals. Even that her soul crusher because she just she she kills people. It's awesome to watch. <laughs> yeah, she does. Calm, cool, collected. Yeah, it's like, you know, Greg Anderson steps up and is like, all right, I'm going to take her on head on. And she's like, all right, cool, whatever, dog. And just yep. says, <laughs> I'm done with you. Go on. That's just to me. And her attitude and just th that whole attitude and like your attitude and Courtney and just th the lineage of the modern female drag racer to me and just seeing these, how they interact. It's awesome. Being able to perform under pressure is key. Like people, are, you know, like that time when I, when I raced horse and won at the U S nationals, I had people coming up to be going like, I don't know how you did it. I would have buckled under the pressure. Like it's the finals, the U S nationals, the 60th anniversary, you're racing the best funny car driver in the, in the world. Like, how did you keep your calm? How did you cut a good light? Like all these things. And it's just like, that's what we train for. That's like the ultimate proving ground right there. Yeah. You, you show up and you, like you said, it's my job. You know, I'm here to race. I don't care who's in the other lane. It's, it's like I always say, you, you don't have any friends when three bulbs are lit. doesn't matter who's in the other lane. They're going down, plain and simple. I'll tell you right now, I enjoyed it after the run was done. I was pulling off the track. Then I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, I just beat John Forrest. <laughs> I was like, I was not expecting that necessarily. Obviously, you're like, no, I'm going to win. But then when it happens, it's like, oh, man, I won. <laughs> you know, and I, I've, I deal a lot with the radial tire and, you know, small tire outlaw world. And someone that's really started to kind of really show up in that genre is Melanie Salemi, who – you know, she raced pro mod, has done very uh, well, and cool. she's popped into the small tire racing with a brand new car, took that car out, won the first big event with a brand new car, brand new combination, Woo! never been on radials, and beat wow. one of the best in the world. It's, oh, that's so badass. I love that. Wow. And then she comes back and, you know, has a matchup with the same dude, Stevie Jackson, and... Woo! 
Good too. I, I know Stevie. Barely lost to him in the semifinal of the next big race. Then comes back to another big race as a contender to win. And it's just wow. it's that ability that she shows up and does what she needs to do. And it's yeah. it, it's awesome to watch. And she's having yeah. an absolute blast doing it. That's so cool. I got to meet her. Oh, she's oh, she's a hoot. You would you would enjoy meeting her for sure. And she's dabbled some in NHRA Pro Mod. I mean, she just literally her family and her crew they embody like what you're talking about. Is it you know is it, the what gender she is doesn't matter. She's just there yeah. to win and go fast. And if you get in her way, that's your problem. Exactly. I mean, it's exciting that she's a female, no no doubt. I mean, that's part of like I think the the excitement surrounding it is the fact that wait. Not only is she badass, but she's a female, <laughs> and there's not a lot of them out there. <laughs> well, and you see more, you know, in that radio versus the world class. Now there's now three female drivers wow. in that class that are coming out, and they, yeah. you know, they might not be, you know, some of them might not be the the most competitive right now, but they've earned their stripes, and it just goes to show that with hard work and they they might figure it out. You know that that's what keeps it interesting. Yeah, it really does. I've had some friends talk about that as well. Like, man, you should try those cars out. <laughs> They're pretty rad to watch. Yeah, ra- radial tire racing is like, to me in the drag racing world, it's like almost the last bastion of true outlawism outside of like no prep yeah. racing, and that's what makes it wild is because those none of those guys are beholden to corporate sponsors and you can clearly tell by their social media profiles and the way what they say they don't care they're there to win and it's i like that <laughs> oh, it, you know i did, i'm do uh, on air interviews for our broadcast forum and you know it, it's it was interesting where they all you know were kind of trying to to uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Censor themselves, and one of them said, "It's on pay per view. It don't matter." And they just completely went off. I'm like, <laughs> "That's what it's all about, right there." Oh, that's so good. Oh, I love that. I know. I I tend to get myself in a little bit of trouble with some of my posts and whatnot. I've gotten calls from Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, girl. Okay, we love you, but you know, tone it down. <laughs> yeah. But that's why you love me. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> I'm not the norm, right? Obviously. Come on now. <laughs> they, they, they want the edge, but they don't want the blood that comes with it. That's what it comes yeah, down exactly. to. <laughs> I personally love it. I love, you know, I was raised on, you know, the old school stuff, you know, Diamond P, you know, American yeah. Sports Cavalcade, you know. John Force upside down on fire. What's he going to say? You know, what are the drivers going to say? That's what made that stuff awesome. Ed McCullough, like, you know, people, crew chiefs, drivers, socking people in the pit, like, you know, top end fights. Like, that was the kind of, I love that. I love that rowdy stuff. Yeah. You know, I think when you make it too milk toast, you know, it's just like, oh, here we go. You almost don't even want to hear anybody you know, speak at the top end because you know what they're going to say. It's so boring. Well, that's what cracked me up about the whole Steve Torrance, Cameron Frere thing. I'm like, listen, (laughs) people, you got to understand, that's light compared to some of the stuff you haven't seen happen. Yeah. I was waiting for the kid to come come around and and give him some. I was waiting for there to be there some retaliation at least, something. But he just took it. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I know I know uh, I know Steve Torrance, and I know he's he's ashamed or and whatnot. He's you know you you know when you're out there, oh my God, the the just the level of pressure, the uh, the emotions involved, like yeah, you're gonna get heated. It's gonna happen, and I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. Oh, totally. And what cracked me up too is all the people that you know the 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 hand ringers on social media and whatnot. I'm like. Y'all, y'all have never been to a dirt track race. It's not a dirt yeah. track race unless there is a fight, you know. Right, exactly. In fact, one of my favorite other sports is uh, is hockey, ice hockey. I, that's still ice hockey is my favorite. That and uh, and football, but ice hockey was my number one because it's rowdy. Come on. Oh, it's <laughs> those guys on skates and then they throw down with each other. It's badass. I love it. So yeah, that's why I told I mean, we, we need to get a little bit of that going in NHRA. Oh yeah, like dirt. <laughs> Dirt late model racing is it's hockey on wheels. 
that's what yeah. I tell people. It's beating and by grinding. And you, some, I could tell, I, I agree to a point. Yeah. You know, we don't need to have, you know, people, you know, knocking teeth in at the top end, but at the same time, I mean, maybe some people do need it, but that's another story for another time. But I think there needs to be some, some more emotion brought into it. Yeah. We don't need blood necessarily. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, supporting that. But if it happens, hey, it happens. Um, but yeah, there needs to be a little bit more passion, a little bit more voice out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're already plastered by all our sponsors. You know, I even was told by Patron, like, hey, you know, you don't have to thank us. You don't have to say our name every time. It's all over the car. It's all over your suit, your helmet, everywhere. You know, just say what you feel. And I was like, great, because that's what I do. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. It's probably going to come <laughs> true. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well our time here is coming to an end on the podcast and ironically enough i love to give people their opportunity to do their best john force impersonation and rail off sponsors and who they want to thank and everything else so i I don't think that'll be a problem for you you know i just let you be you and just you know you know turn over to you where where people can find you what you know sponsors you know it's it's your moment to talk about whatever you want to talk about so fire away and have fun I like John Forrest. I don't want to make fun of him, but he would probably love it. Uh, yeah, so I'm out here racing this, uh, you know, Toyota Camry, and I, I gotta, I gotta show up for those guys. You know, they, they support me every time I come out here, and my, my kids, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, and then that guy and, you know, everybody. And uh, it just, you know, and I, I saw this one time when I came out of my car and I was on fire upside down. And, you know, this is a sport, you know, and I, I got to be out here and I got to show up for the sponsors every day. I come out and, uh, you know, and, uh, and that's it. What was I saying? That's pretty much dead on. What were you talking about? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> no, you, exactly. <laughs> that's... Sorry. <laughs> oh man no. i love hearing him talk i still love hearing him talk he's 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 the best he's given me some really good advice over the years and i'm really close with his girls so hope you like that john <laughs> that the best part ever is that i've been in there when in the media room when they've done interviews with him and they've asked him a direct question like can't mess this up direct question and it turns into something like that, like complete, not even a left turn, like a 360 upside down. And afterwards, the reporter's like, oh, OK, we'll just we'll go with that. Thanks. <laughs> but, no, you know, you, uh, you know, who do you want to plug? Who do you want to thank? Where can people find more about your racing, follow you on social media? You know, where where where, where can people learn more? Yes. So uh, I have a, a website called Alexis DeJoria Racing. Uh, it's under construction right now. Obviously, we're putting new colors, new sponsors on there. I'll, I'll have a, uh, a, a little game. You can actually play a drag racing game that they've been working on. Uh, it'll, there'll be a link uh, from my website to that. Uh, I have my, my Twitter is my name. Uh, I have a racing Twitter, Alexis Jory Racing, Facebook, Instagram. My personal Instagram page is, is where, you know, you can find out about me personally. Um, I don't all, only post about racing. I'll post, you know, my travels, my family, and some random stuff to keep it, to keep it real. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. For sure. And I, I must say, yeah, follow the Instagram account because it's awesome to see the, the stuff that you put out there. And I like following the drivers just because you never know. You, you get to see a glimpse of like real like life, I guess is yeah, the best way like, to describe it. What do it. they do when they're home? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do they, they do for fun? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't wear my fire suit all the time. You know, stuff like that. You know, the important things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you once again for coming on the show. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you out at the track this year. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, that wraps up the show for this week. Thanks for Alexis stopping by. And as always, may your reaction times be crisp and your wind lights bright. Until next week, folks.